Who do we want to have go first? Whatever's clever. You're clever, Matt. Okay. Got it, did you ever got... stop to did you ever stop to think that maybe you're clever <laughs> instead of whatever I'm, I'm, I'm is? It's whoever. Man, but I do know that I love you. <laughs> Dear God, make me a bird so I can fly far, far, far away oh from you. Oh <laughs> my god, shut up. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> is he like me? <laughs> like I, I kind of want to do Matt's last. It's because Matt's got a fucking banging pick. That sounds good. We can, go, I can go last. Okay. Start off with in flames, man. Let's do it. Let's burn yeah. It. Let's burn it. Burn it, Dad. Get it. Let's see. Okay. In flamas. <laughs> yase, yase hermo. <laughs> Is that their Spanish oh. name, Jacob? Yes, uh, in flamas, yeah, that's in flames. In flamas. <laughs> in flama, in plátanos. Flamas. In plátano. <laughs> uh, get my coffee. Get my coffee. Is this too loud? If I hold the mic? No, it shouldn't be. Just don't like tap it or like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there will be an issue, honestly. Okay, cool. These, the sound quality for our Skype episodes is easier to manage than the ones in person. Yeah. Long hair. Sick. Before we start, before we start, what was everybody's favorite thing they ate on Thanksgiving? Ass. Ass. The ham turned out pretty well. Hell yeah. Did you host? Did you host at your place, Matt? Yeah, this place was packed. There was like almost twenty people in here, dude. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Holy shit! Nice. We had tables set up. Yeah, it was very tight, but we pulled it off. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Fuck yeah! Yeah, we we had a we had like a Korean thing that we did because we have a Korean friend that his family is like in Korea, so he didn't really yeah. do anything. So we hung out with them, and we made like uh, just like Korean barbecue, basically. Hell yeah, yeah, dude! That fucking pork shoulder was fire. Like everything was really good. Hell yeah, yeah. We did a tri-tip instead of like a ham or a turkey. So we did a tri-tip broccoli casserole and mashed potatoes. I made like two pounds of jerky. Nice. Uh, we had some queso too. Uh, homemade tortilla chips. It was kind of like a, it was kind of just like, let's just make a lot of shit <laughs> and have some of it yeah. be like aligned with Thanksgiving. But it was fun. A lot of leftovers. Yeah, mainly mainly the broccoli casserole. Everything else got tore through pretty good. But I got yeah. drunk as fuck off soju. <laughs> of course. Nice. Of course. Um, but yeah. Jake, one thing, just don't fidget that mic too much because it does, whenever you tilt it like that, it does make like a... Oh, like this? Yeah. Yeah. Makes all sorts of noise. But anywho's, let's dive in. Welcome back! It is What You Spin in episode 33. Uh, After Thanksgiving weekend, we hope that you all... (laughs) What the fuck? 
spinning. I was spinning. I was like, what the? It was like around the sun. I don't. I was like, daylight savings happened a while ago. Um. Anyways, we're doing this from our homes. Had a long Thanksgiving uh, break off. We go back tomorrow. Uh, how are you boys doing? Life's good. Life's Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, great. without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this bitch, eh? Uh, and with that, we're going to kick off with my pick for this week, which was A Sense of Purpose by In Flames. <laughs> ninth studio album released in 2008 uh some swedish metal for you guys uh an album that i really do appreciate and have a lot to say about so i'll shut up for a little bit uh what'd you guys think i was impressed man i would I, w- I didn't know what to expect because i've never listened to swedish metal or anybody that's yeah been in that genre like i've heard of it but i've never like oh let's let's listen to this band so it was a good introduction. Uh, a lot of it had like kind of an Iron Maiden feel, some of the guitar work. Um, and I like the vocalist, you know, he, he used the same kind of melodies a lot, but I like the way he delivered. Um, and so it was a fun album. Um, this was their their ninth album. That's insane. Yeah, they've been around. They've been around since 1990, and this was uh, their ninth one. And it's probably by people like by the fan base it's probably considered their best one that's pretty cool um and they had a song on guitar hero that sounds intense like playing that song yeah um i really like the chosen pessimist that's probably my favorite track on that album i like that whole guitar and and the intro and the way it is and it's just very melodic and it's just a beautiful Mm -hmm. song so that build up the build up in the chosen pessimist is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole album is when he kind of like the lyrics don't really change all that much. And then it starts like the instruments start kicking in and getting really heavy toward the end. Uh, I fucking love that track too, man. Yeah. <laughs> the fun album. Yeah. So my introduction to in flames is great. So thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like that song too. It's like really like soothing and it's very different to the other, the rest of the songs. Cause the rest of the songs are like more fast paced, um, upbeat and that song. It's like real, it eases into it a lot. Um, but yeah, this is my first time listening to In Flames. Um, I'm not really like, I'm not like a cat. I'm like a casual listener, I guess, to like metal. Um, like I'll listen to it, not a lot, but like I kind of need to be in the right setting or like doing a certain activity. Um, and when I was listening to this, it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Um, I think it's very interesting that they've been doing it for a while. Um, I was looking at their like albums and they've been doing it since like the early nineties. Um, and this, I was looking at it um, and some of the details, it was the, like one of the last albums that they had with 
the original one of the original members like with the guitarist um, yeah, in the group founder and, mm-hmm. yeah and he left after this didn't he or, or something like that yeah so this was like the last album it there's like a lot of things that happened with this album uh it was one of their better one of their better ones two it capped off a really strong three album run that they had uh for like four or five years and then it was i think it was jesper stromblad was his name and i think it was his last album with them and he was one of the founding members that got everybody together damn yeah that's that's interesting that i saw that and i read that because I don't know what their reasoning was. I'll need to look into it a little bit more. But why, like, they, like, slowly, little by little, like, stop, you know, like, being a part of the group. It kind of happens with, like, most groups, you know, like, they'll get new members. They'll get new ideas. Maybe there's something that, you know, kind of goes and ties and against what other people want to do. But um, I think it's really solid. It's a good intro to their music. I want to go back and listen to more of their stuff. Because I know their earlier stuff, too, it get praised a lot more than this album. But this album was good. I liked it. Um, the album cover is really fucking cool. Um, it's got, like, yeah. that, like, like the veins, like, coming out of the floor. Yeah, and it's, like, kind of rooted, colorful. And there's the back. Oh, the back is cool. It's really cool. And then the opening. And this is all the lyrics to it. And then this is, like, the front view of the guy on the front is that um, like an owl head yeah it's like a bird looking it's like an owl looking dude but he's on like a he's like a humanoid owl person i don't know and that hand is just fucking cool it looks like a devil may cry boss they did the, the design for that or is that somebody else's artwork i wonder because that's really intricate it's pretty cool i think, I think it's, it's someone else's artwork i was looking at it I forget the art the author though or the yeah artist. but i think it's someone that they've worked with before but one thing that i wanted to touch on real quick is this part of their discography was really like their earlier stuff you know it was kind of trying to find a sound you know and trying to find like a definitive theme for themselves and so uh the like the first five albums are decent um but with the with like the turn of the century, you know, like coming into like the 2000s and everything, that's when they really started to shift. And so you get uh, from 2002 to 2008, they released four albums, uh, Reroute to Remain, which was kind of what started to put them more into the mainstream and kind of get them a little bit more recognition. Uh, A couple great tracks off of that album as well. Uh, And then Soundtrack to Your Escape was kind of a dip in that. Like it, it was also a good album, but not as good as Reroute to Remain. And then after that came Come Clarity, which is a more has some really heavy lyricism and some really emotional tracks on it. But uh, that led into a sense of purpose. And so a sense of purpose is kind of like a wrap up of this eight year or six year span that they had of kind of moving in a new direction and really going into mainstream. And then in in my opinion, and you guys just kind of uh, solidified this is that this album is very accessible for people to get introduced to this band and then go back. Cause that's exactly what I did. I got introduced to this album and then I was like, fuck this. Like, let me, I was like, this is great. Let me hear the other shit. And so I went back and I strongly recommend listening to at least those four albums or three albums outside of those. Yeah. I, I saw also their, 
on Madden 2009, The Mayor's Truth. I guess that was also in that game. That's cool. Also really cool. Um, pretty badass. I like I like that. But yeah, man, it's I liked it a lot. Um, I liked what song is it? Uh, Drenched in Fear. Oh my god, I just mm-hmm. like. Whenever I hear that song, I just like have to headbang to it. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and they do that a lot. Like, they're like very fast paced, like how they play um, mm-hmm. with their drumming, with their guitaring. Um, I I like these rock picks because um, when I go to the gym, like I'll play music. And when I'm playing rock, like I, I don't know, I always feel like I could do so much more like in the gym, like when I'm working out. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, my high school weight room, all we would do was play, like, 90s grunge, like, fucking Alice in Chains and shit. And then, like, mm-hmm. my dad worked out growing up, and he would always be playing, like, that's how I found out about Rammstein, was working out with my dad. And that's he introduced cool. me to, like, Pantera and Slayer through that. So, yeah, it's, like, one of those things that just goes hand in hand, you know? Like, working out in metal or rock music, it's just, it goes hand in hand. Yeah. Um, what did you guys, I remember when I introduced this album to you guys, I said, if you're going to... If you're going to listen to this, like do yourself a favor and listen to the lyricism because you can actually for a guy that has like that's the thing I love about uh, Anders Frieden, the vocalist, is that he has very powerful like growls and shit. But his singing like it is kind of like screaming, but you can hear every word he's saying, basically. And the lyricism behind this album is is really great, in my opinion. Uh, Did you guys happen to catch any of that or? I did a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Gotcha. Here, let me I, pull this just real quick. Um, I, got, I got some more in um, when I was listening to, like, The Mirror's Truth a little bit, but more kind of disconnected. Um, yes. He's just, he he's like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, he's, like, talk about. He's, like, feel like shit. Um, and he's, like, feeling bad, but he's, like, at least he's feeling something. <laughs> then it just like goes off and goes crazy. For me, anytime I listen to music like this, it's heavy. I try to focus more on the music because that's what like I don't know pumps me up. So I, not that I forget about the lyrics, but for this band especially, and this album it was all about you know it's just so heavy. It was it's cool to hear all the intricate parts, the drumming, guitar work, bass, how it works all together to make you know music like that because it's not easy to do. Playing so fast, it's insane. I think your audio might be uh, messed up. There we go. My bad. Uh, But no, that's exactly right, Matt. And it's crazy. It's like it's like getting strapped into a jet engine, and you're just like going through this album because a song will end, and it's super fast and aggressive, and then the next one just keeps going, and it's like holy shit. But uh, the lyrics for disconnected, uh, he says you you'll receive what you give and this is like nothing oh i feel like shit but at least i feel something um and then a constant thing that gets asked is like uh is this all you have to give and shit like that and it's like i don't know this is an album and it's like one of those rare things that an album like this has like deep lyrical content and this is an album that i've gone to for years like when i'm going through a hard time because it is like one of those things like oh, I feel like shit, but at least I feel something, you know? And it's kind of like being it. I don't know. I got like weirdly introspective when listening to this album. And that's why I was like dying to fucking get my hands on it and then subsequently bring it up on here because 
the instrumentation is fucking killer. And then two, to have that tied with, you know, actually deep, meaningful lyricism in comparison to some of the other like harder shit that I've brought up is is really interesting, you know, and it's kind of an interesting take to look at. Yeah, no, I, I like that because how you're feeling, especially in what you're listening to at the time, like plays a, a part with, you know, kind of your day to day. 100%. How you, how you like revolve around it and how you like um, kind of reflect off of what you're listening to. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know when he was saying that, like if he meant like, yeah, he feels bad or like he feels like, you know, kind of under the weather per se, but like at least he's like alive. At least he's like still feels stuff. Like he's not like completely like, you know, kind of lifeless and doesn't feel anything, you know, or like, mm-hmm. I don't know, but yeah, I, I get what you're saying. So yeah, no, I just I'm I'm glad that you guys like this album. Uh, it's one that I've been listening to since I was like fucking 13. Like when this album came out, when this album came out, it was like their latest album. Uh, so it was a great yeah. intro for me to you know, because this is their ninth studio album. And I think they've probably released like five or six since, and so it's just like like their yeah. discography. Their discography is fucking heavy. Uh, literally and metaphorically um but and the song that got me into it uh was alias i know i played that song for you guys like that live uh performance of it a while back uh, and it was when i was super into playing guitar and i ended up learning that whole song uh just because the acoustic breakdown in the middle of it really caught my ear so i was like excuse me i was like fuck it i'm learning this whole bitch uh and now here we are <laughs> Easily one of my top 10 favorite albums of all time. Uh, if you guys have any closing arguments, I, <laughs> I object. <will> allow... <laughs> I disagree. <don't> I? Yeah. <laughs> I disagree. This album actually sucked. I've been lying to you this whole time. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to bring up a shitty album. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but I'll go ahead and do top threes. Uh, number three was Move Through Me. Uh, kind of a later, it's kind of toward the end of the album. Uh, that one was really good. Uh, number two was Delight and Angers. Uh, that was one that I more recently got hella into. And there's like that whole interlude bridge part where it's like talking about chasing leftovers and all this shit. And it's just uh, such good like musicianship on that. And the number one was Disconnected, the song I pulled the lyrics from. Because while it has that super good lyrical content there's also some really impressive drumming going on in that song along with everybody else um but there's like some cool symbol shit that he's doing in that that just every time i'm just like oh yes <laughs> just gets me <laughs> just <laughs> it fucking perks my musical my musical horniness you know what i mean uh <laughs> and then honorable mentions uh i almost did an alternate or so i did like an alternate th- top three basically from our honorable mentions which was Sleepless Again, Chosen Pessimist, and Alias, in no particular order. But those are my own opinions. <laughs> I like it. I like having three there. That's cool. Because <laughs> there's, there's a lot of good songs on this album. Right. And so I was like, fuck, man. And I, I was like, I do have two honorable mentions. I was like, but honestly. And then I was listening to it again this morning. And I was like, shit. I was like, nah, there's, there's an alternate top three. <laughs> For me again, it was all about the music, so I'll go, you know, backwards to front. Uh, three was condemned. I like the evil vibe, a very like evil presence about it. Um, I'm the highway because that 
for me, that song had that Iron Maiden kind of fast guitar back and forth vibe to it, which I appreciated. Um, and then my number one choice was The Chosen Pessimist, just based on all the guitar work and mainly, you know, that instrumental part. It's just great. Uh, and honorable mention, I liked Alias because it just had a fun, fun feel to it. Yes. Back, backpacking on those thoughts. Um, honorable mention, I'm going to go The Chosen Pessimist because um, it's like completely different to any of the other songs on that album, but it sticks out. Um, and I like it for that reason. Um, but top three, I'm going to go Disconnected, um, I'm the Highway, and then Drenched in Fear. That's it's a great song. I'll always head bang to that one right here. Like, <laughs> you can't skip it. No. No. Well, fuck yeah, guys. I'm so glad that you guys like this. I've been itching to bring it up for months. Um, and that was In Flames, uh, A Sense of Purpose, uh, my pick for this week. Uh, we're going to go move in and talk about Jake's. Should we get right in? Should we get right, right into it, or do you guys want to like take a quick break? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. Let me. So and let me just like close my blinds a little bit because I look pale. Matt, you're gonna like my pick for next week. Oh really? I like all your. Mm-hmm. Except for that know, one, I like all, except for that one, that one week, and you know that one last week, and or, all the ones, you know, all the ones you had that were bad. That's in flames. That one was lame. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking front bottom sucked. <laughs> front bottom. I actually like that one. Me too. I want to get the. They have a, their second album. I want to get Talent of the Hawk. That's a really good one. But no, Matt. I know. I know for for sure that you know this pick. So that's all I'll say. I think you know but, my, oh, my pick, but we'll see. Fuck yeah. But you you brought up one that I was that I know Jake and I were waiting uh for you to bring up with most def. But yeah, there's well, another there's another that I've been waiting for you to pull out. Oh really? I won't, I won't show my ass. I won't show my ass, but I'll let you yeah. I'll let you kinda It might be coming, I might just be waiting to have it on vinyl unless I already maybe I already have it on vinyl. I just haven't chosen it yet. No, it it is one that I know you have oh. and that you haven't picked yet. So that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I know that he has this. I know that it's coming up at some point. But I'm like, when will that be? I mean, no. <laughs> but uh, let's go ahead and talk about Jake's pick for this week. What do you got for us, my friend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this week, rather last week, I picked some jazz, um, a classic Blue Note album, uh, which is uh, Pete La Roca, uh, Basra. came out in 65 1965 um it's 
it's four people. So it's uh, Pete LaRocca. He's on uh, drums. Um, Joe Henderson, legendary. Um, he is the sax. Um, or no. Yeah. Henderson's the sax. Um, Steve Kuhn, he's the piano. And then uh, Steve Swallow, um, which he was the bass on this album. Um, one of my favorite jazz albums. Um, I definitely got a lot to say, but uh, let me hear y'all thoughts on it. It's crazy. It's like six songs. And it's 40 minutes long, which is cool. Each song's yeah. you know, so long and intricate. And I haven't listened to a lot of jazz music or... You know, I can put out my favorite artists, but I'm I'm starting to get in that genre a little bit more. And so, listening to this, I appreciated the drumming. And I read somewhere that they dropped LSD before they started the recording sessions for this album. Which yes. Is, you know, <laughs> Who knows how true that is? But uh, it's yeah. so fast, and it's you know again so intricate. And being a drummer in jazz music sounds intense. So it was a fun 40 minutes. It fucking game. sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it fucking sucks. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> This was this was uh, his this was a debut album too for for Pete LaRocca. I know he had played with you know Coltrane and things like that, but for him this is like his debut, his own solo. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is his his album that he like got a band together and performed. So. And a hell of a band that he put together. Uh, what's his name? Steve Kuhn. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a he's a hell of a piano player and the saxophonist. You know. The fact that this was a debut album for him, like you just said, Matt, and he managed to, you know, just to slap together a band of four fucking awesome musicians to really complement his thing. Um, Where is Pete LaRocca from? Um, From, ah, shit. I think that's the only thing I didn't get where he was actually from. But this, uh, I think this, it happened like in New York. Um, Gotcha. That would make sense somewhere. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like the story basically like um, because he was still really young. He was like 19. He was still in school. Um, He met up at um, a New York jam session. He met uh, Max Roach. um, And then from Max Roach playing with him, he met up with uh, Sonny Rollins, which, you know, is legendary. And then he started working with him. Um, that was in 1957. Um, he played with Rollins Club Trio from 57 through 59 um, as one of the members. Um, and then from Sully Rollins, that's where he meant, you know, legendary, legendary jazz musicians like uh, Jackie, Jackie McLean, Tony Scott, uh, Art Farmer, John Coltrane. He even met St- Stan Getz. He had a song with him in one of his earlier albums. Um, Freddie, Hub- Freddie Hub- Hubert, like a lot of these like insane very talented uh jazz musicians he played with um in multiple sets and and as like a trio him and joe henderson the sax player they would collab like for a lot of albums and a lot of like a lot of shows um and that's mainly who like he was with at the time Mm -hmm. but yeah he pete laroca he you know he was very talented for a drummer and that's kind of where he got into jazz and he was really an up and coming name in jazz. Mm-hmm. And then he kind of like eventually just, you know, just fell off and stopped playing. And right. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, unfortunately it's one of those kind of music genres that those old heads, you know, really set 
a standard for jazz back in the day because the jazz movement was so it was so fleeting i feel like like it wasn't very long it was probably like you know a decade and a half span where that was the shit and then you know yeah like the beatles and elvis and shit come out and that kind of that kind of started to kill it off um but they they set and then you know we get the opportunity like today where we get to go back and you know kind of honor uh these guys and the thing that baffles me about you know the jazz era and you know especially you know the six like the late 50s to mid 60s of it was you had like the people that were making jazz music yeah there were a lot of musicians but the guys and gals that were you know the cream of the crop like the bees fucking knees at playing jazz music they all were like intertwined and would always work together you know like mm-hmm. the fact that he like you just listed off a hell of a catalog so of artists yeah so many yeah, like including Stan Getz, who we've covered on this podcast, and it's just, it's like, God damn, dude, like, and they didn't even have cell phones, so they were fucking like, yeah, they, they're just like writing letters, hey, I need you in the studio, all right, look, yeah, <laughs> two weeks later, yeah, two weeks later. yeah, they show up a week later in some spot, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy thinking about it because it's like at this time in the '60s, it's very hard. Not only to move around, but at the same time to make a living actually off of music. Um, Because, you know, you don't have the internet. You don't have any streaming services. So you're really getting money off of, A, if you get lucky to, you know, get signed to a major label. Or B, off of, like, live shows. um, Which even then, you won't even get that much money from it. So it was even at some point in time that I was reading that he was uh, he had to make he was making money mainly from being a taxi driver. Like for like three years, he was a taxi driver um, and that's how he was making money, like not even off of shows. Um, So it kind of shows something, you know, that like at this point it was very hard to make music. Um, But for you to still have that catalog, like you said, the catalog to be a sideman and like. And all these shows, like it says something not only as a talent state, but at the same time, you know, as the actual genre of how difficult it was to come up in jazz. And back then, the aeroplane was still brand new and it cost a hundred <laughs> bucks a ticket. And that was like a million dollars to today's money. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild. It's, it's crazy. I was reading, too, that uh, like because that's what he was doing to make money, a taxi driver. Um, at one point, he decided he wanted to go into law school, um, and that was in the 1970s. Um, and then he became an attorney um, late, shortly after that. So he went from being Pete LaRocca to his regular, you know, original name, I think Pete Sims. And then he was an attorney for, you know, a couple couple decades, um, which is pretty nutty. Like that's crazy, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those like what if stories you know like what if you would have kept going what if you would have kept playing with more people and you know like made more music but um yeah but yeah he he gave us a classic album so absolutely like and i love the i love the start of this album uh malaguena that song it's just chaos (laughs) it's nine fucking minutes of chaos like there is almost no like there's structure to it obviously but it doesn't it like just doesn't go anywhere and it's just chaotic the whole time and then it like mellows out toward the end and then you get the rest of the album and i was sitting there listening to it and 
Henderson's just sitting there on the sax, just making yeah, that fucking thing crazy. just wail. And I'm like, Jesus, dude, like what? And then, you know, Kandu comes on or Kandu, however it's said. And it's like, what? Are we not going to address what the fuck just happened back there? Like, <laughs> yeah. one song prior? What the hell was that, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, that's the cool thing about jazz, too, that I like about jazz. It's like every artist kind of has their moment to have, like, a solo. Um, and you hear that all throughout the album. You're, you'll hear Steve Kuhn with the piano. Uh, Joe Henderson, he's in a lot of the song, mainly of him just with the saxophone, just tearing it up. Um, even uh, Pete, he has a he has a a solo on uh, Eiderdown, the last song. Um, or sorry, that's Basra. He has a drum solo. Um, but Eiderdown, I like that they add Steve Swallow, the bassist. Um, everyone quiets down, and Pete he drums a little lower too, so that you could hear the bass, so that you could hear the bass coming in, um, which is also really unique, really cool. Yeah. I did Eider Down is one of my favorite tracks off of this and it was it it was such a wild ride, you know, Matt, you touched on this already. It's six fucking songs, clocks in at forty minutes, but goddamn what a ride it is, you know, for a, a jazz album. And I feel like that's kinda that's kind of the thing that we'll probably end up saying ad nauseum about uh these jazz picks is because that's that's the beauty of jazz music. Like you just said, Jake, is like everyone gets a turn, but also it's like encouraged to be chaotic and frantic at times, you know, because it is, it's the craziest music genre. And those, those guys, you know, especially the drummers that play it are insane. And it's, it's like the purest form of music too. Like not a lot of music besides jazz was very, very popular and like important at the time. So people wanted to make new stuff. People wanted to, you know, do something different. Um, And you hear that a lot throughout a lot of jazz music. Um, and even after, you know, people, a lot of people just start doing their own thing and going their own ways with music. But yeah, um, Lazy Afternoon, one of my favorite jazz songs of all time. Uh, that Joe Henderson uh, saxophone with the piano in the background, like it's it's one of my favorite jazz songs, um, like period. I think for good reason. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and probably... Sorry, just real quick. Probably the most uh, fitting name for a song ever. Uh, Lazy Afternoon. I was playing, I was listening to it all this week, but then I put it on this morning and I was like, God, it does. And I looked outside and it was kind of raining out. And I was like, (laughs) this this does feel like a lazy afternoon, even though it's 9 a.m. I do feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... um... It's great, man. I love, I love jazz. I love the the genre. This is definitely one of my favorite, and it's, it is often, you know, regarded as a classic for Blue Note, like that label. Um, okay. And the fact that he made this when it was his debut, his one of his only albums. Like he made a second one, a couple of years after. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, this one it's it's one of his his bigger ones. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad you guys liked it. It's Jazz is definitely one of those. It kind of takes a little bit for you to get familiar with mm-hmm. the palette, and then you'll you'll start liking it, and you'll recognize a few names here and there. So, a uh, couple quick questions: What? How long did you say he ended up drumming for? It wasn't long, was it? 
I mean, he started in like 50 something, like mid 50s through okay. like the late 60s. Oh, okay. So not and not as long as other people. Not as long, no. Not as long. He did he does have like a major just like him like working with people, but it was just throughout a couple short years and then he stopped doing music, was an attorney. I think he came back in 79 for an album Damn. and then he stopped. Gotcha. Um, and second question, where the fuck did you find this cuz I need it? <laughs> uh, I think I got this in Moon Rock. It was like 10 bucks or something. Like it's That's sweet. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's, it's it's a great pickup for jazz. It's Oh yeah. yeah. Got some of my favorite songs. Lazy Afternoon, one of my favorite jazz songs ever, so. Absolutely. Would you like us to start top 3s, Jake? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. I want to hear. Yeah. I'll go first. Uh number 3 for me was Basra. Uh I really liked the drum solo on that. Um and it was kind of just it really that was when the mood kind of settled in on the album and you know henderson still makes that saxophone squeal like a piggy uh number two was iden down for me uh, i thought it was a beautiful way to wrap up that album uh and then number one for me was lazy afternoon uh that song like as soon as i put it on i was like jesus christ what a name what a name <laughs> yeah no i agree lazy afternoon was probably one of my favorite tracks uh, but going backwards, uh, start with Can Do. I guess that that's how you pronounce it. I, I like the percussion on that one, especially. It just felt right throughout the whole song. Uh, Basra, number two. I feel like the whole album had like a like a 60s type movie soundtrack vibe. But that song, especially for, for yeah. whatever reason, like a, tri- a driving scene or something like that. Um, and then number one was Lazy Afternoon. Uh, I think that was like the most mellow track. You know, if you could have a mellow track on this album, that was probably the most accessible if you weren't like into the other instrumentation but great pick i liked it yeah yeah lazy afternoon is definitely my favorite song on this album um if i'm going honorable mention uh i'm gonna go can do just it kind of has that like flamenco sound to it um kind of slightly bossa nova it's it's real unique um but top three i'm going uh malagena um and then eider down um and then favorite song leave the afternoon um yeah but yeah thank you guys for listening to this for giving it a shot um yes yeah. yeah, definitely Thanks a great up, great jazz pick oh yeah and that was bastra by pete LaRocca. great fucking jazz pick if you need to cook some spaghetti and some meatballs put that shit on you know it'll get frantic at times but that's what cooking does to you anyways uh that was jake's pick for this week we're gonna go ahead and move right on into matt's yes sir whatever <laughs> be jealous be jealous be jealous <laughs> uh, i'll give one tease for my pick one tease matt, you know it, and Jacob, you're gonna love it. <laughs> That's all we get. That's all okay, you get. So, so it's not hip hop. I know it's not hip hop. A teaser. Matt definitely knows it. Jacob's gonna love it. I already know. So it's but, not hip hop, right? Mine's it might hip-hop. be. No, because I know all your hip hop picks. <laughs> you think you know me so well, right? <laughs> Wait, hey. are, are you guys are you guys doing hip hop? No. Mine's more, mine's, 
mine's hip hop and not yeah it's more like yeah. it's hip hop adjacent it's, it's okay. nice hip hop okay nothing straight, uh, nothing straight about it alright I'll, I'll go I don't know I, I was thinking like two hip hop pick but I'll pick something else I'll pick something else I was too I almost picked a hip hop one as well but um anyways uh, speaking of speaking of hip hop, Matt, uh, what the fuck you got to talk about this week? Well, um, but with that, <laughs> most deaths, 1999 debut, black on both sides. I strike the empire black. I strike the empire black. Fuck the empire, high flying like the Millennium Falcon. Pilots in my hand solo. I never roll for dolo. Front of no means a no no. Which, if you can look at the album, it is black on both sides. So, anyways. Um, God damn it. I like <laughs> I the appreciate album. It. I like that. <laughs> I like the album because, uh, you know, he, he talks about everything, you know? He's so... I don't want to use the word conscious, but I am. He's just—he's aware of everything that's around him, and he—he—he he, he writes his lyrics about about that, and I appreciate that because anybody that can put words in, onto paper and then put a beat behind it and make it sound good, you got skills there. So he's really good at doing that. I like a lot of the remixes that he did and a lot of the samples that he used. He used uh, samples from Kraftwerk and. Notorious B.I.G. Uh, he did a little rendition of Under the Bridge from Red Hot Chili Peppers on Brooklyn, which is pretty cool. Uh, and again, this is a DJ premiere. He was on this album helping out. I think we have a lot of love for him as well. Um, but what do you guys think? I mean, fuck, dog. <laughs> like, what do you guys think? It's guys? Another... Just tell me what you, yeah. We already know what you think, yeah. Why do we <laughs> love this album? Because it's fucking great, right? Yeah. Because it's and it, and it is one of those, it's another one of those instances that we've had on here quite a bit of us really getting to appreciate and fully, uh, you know, praise an album that was so fucking influential, man. Like, and the fact that it came out in 99, wild time for it to come out. 1990, the late 90s, even more so than the early 90s, were just as crazy for music, you know? And he pays homage, like you just said, to the shit that happened in, like, the first part of the decade. You know, with the Biggie, the fucking Under the Bridge reference. And there's there's just so much going on from, like, a lyrical standpoint, like you said, Matt. And it's... But goddamn, like, the DJ Premier production throughout, you know, it is just... And, like, Most Def is probably one of the most recognizable recognizable voices in hip-hop, in my opinion. You hear that you hear that tone that he raps with, and you're like, yeah, it's either it's either Most Def or Blackstar. If you don't know what the song is, you're like, it's either Most Def or fucking <laughs> him and Talib, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, this album is one of those, like, jumping-off points for Most Def. Um, him and Blackstar, him, you know, Blackstar with him and Talib Kweli, um, fantastic album. 
Um, it was a great opener for, you know, what his sound was. And then with Rockets Records and then with this album dropped, insane, insane. Um, it still has an impact today on hip hop, dude. Uh, J.I.D., Jed, he just he did a song that it samples uh, Miss Fat Booty, the beat on it. Um, like it's it's still coming up to this day. And it's yeah. Talk about the production. It's got, you know, Q-Tip, um, 88 Keys, uh DJ Premier, um, it's got freaking Diamond D, like it's got these insane production on it, um, with also Most Def produ- producing on it. Um, and yeah, Most Def, he's one of those, he kind of, he gets a pass, um, not as far as like, you know, like the best rappers. Um, I guess a lot of people don't have him in like, you know, top five, top 10, whatever category, but you kind of know that he's one of the best. He's one of the best rappers. He's, like you said, very conscious. He knows a lot. What if he's rapping about, it's with a purpose. It's very meaningful, especially on this album. Um, he's talking a lot about black exploitation, um, a lot of problems, issues going on in the community. Um, and it was very powerful, very powerful. His message that he's giving off, everything that he's talking about. It's not one of those, you know, like drug rap or like gangster rap. It's very, you know, like conscious rap if you want to say um but yeah one of my favorite all-time most deaf albums uh yasin bay also what he changed his name to um, which is really cool he'd like did a like a trip to africa or something and i think he decided to change it something like that yeah i was i was trying to remember what like what caused that today i was like i, I couldn't remember if he like became a like started following the muslim religion or if it was like a trip i couldn't remember what was the story behind that does anybody know i don't know i think he went on a trip somewhere and something happened where he just like i don't know really specifically i it was a long time ago that i read up on it but yeah, yeah he like changed his name from mazdef to yazim bay and he's and he's still doing feature work to this day under that name under that under tag. Yassin Bay. Yeah, yeah I think I think seen him. He's in a recent movie that just came out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no shit. Like, and and yeah. it's most deaf. It's mm. most deaf. <laughs> uh, it, it's it really is you know just such a bombshell to just just have drop you know his first debut album you know he already had his following with black star and everything you know uh god that album in particular that first that that black star album like the right yeah yeah another great one but and so he already had his following from that and then it's it's one of those things that anytime someone from any any genre any band any group duo whatever the fuck seeing those people branch out is like once you hear it's like oh they're breaking up and doing solo shit you're like damn it like how is this gonna go and then most def was like yeah fuck y'all this y'all already know how this is gonna go and it's gonna be killer yeah there's so many good songs on this album i mean it's 17 tracks and you just like after you hear one you're like man that was a good track and then the next one comes on you're like whoa okay this is also a good track and it does that throughout the whole album some of the better tracks are at the end of the album in my opinion some of my favorites yeah Um, but even just the way the album starts off with "Fear Not of, Fear" was it "Fear Not of Man" or whatever? Yeah, "Fear Not that, of Man." Yeah, that that just sets the tone for the whole album, and it's just 
that's what drew me into this album originally. I was like, oh, this is, and he's just starting off. I can't wait to hear what he says throughout the whole album. Um, so, yeah, a lot of good songs. Hard to hard to narrow it down in any any sense for a top three. Yeah, yeah. and to kind of piggyback off what you just said, the the last half of the album is great. And it has such a it has such a strong start and end over like three to four tracks on either side that it really just bookends the rest of the content throughout the album. And the rest of the album's great too, but it has just, in my opinion, just such a strong start and such a badass finish, you know? Like uh May to December, that right. like yeah. that it that track, and then you know, mathematics being at the end of it, like it's it is a fucking yep. fantastic album like every track on it's fantastic but you know you're listening to it and you're like all right yeah like fuck yeah this album's great and then you get to like the last four to five tracks and you're like jesus christ like how- i didn't think it could get any better i didn't think it could get better <laughs> wait for it yeah. no uh and i know that you were sitting on this for a while so i know that you were you were stoked to bring this up matt uh it was fun, yeah and I'm, and I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah, I'm so glad you did because there's so much good shit on it. Like the drum track for Umi says, like that that first little intro drum track's great. I love the Busta Rhymes feature on "Do It Now." Uh, uh, can we talk about rock and roll for a second? I was that gonna bring that up song? at some point because you know when I first heard that song, you know I, I listened to it and I was like, oh. So I kind of like started looking back into that, and some of those, so some of those lyrics are kind of true in a sense, you know. A yeah. Lyrics, you know. Exactly. It's. Kobo. Where did you go? He left us. He's being abducted. So bad. That's Jeez. Jacob, Yo. where you go? Participants, there we go. My laptop just exploded. No, that's what he says. My laptop just exploded. Okay, I don't know, dude. My laptop just like turned off, but it's coming back on now. Okay. You ever you ever ruin an episode like this again? I'm beating the shit out of you. Yeah, let me know when you get it loaded back up and I'll ring you again in the call. All right. All right, bet. It was awesome. Welcome back, Jake. Yeah, my bad. I don't know what the fuck happened there. My shit just like froze. It's all good. It's all good. Doubt. We were just um, talking. We were last talking about uh, Rock and May, roll. May, December. Yeah. Rock yeah, we're talking. Yeah, rock and roll. Because um, what were you going to say? So, you know, the, the lyrics in general, I mean, they kind of speak the truth in a sense. And if you look into that a little bit more, you, there's a lot of people that you know, agree with that, that statement or those ideas. Yeah, that was like he's mentioning he's like calling out like not calling out. That's a bad way to put it. But he's like mentioning people by name and shit, you know, like Bo Diddley and stuff like that and all all these like figures in, in music and in life. And it starts off, you know, being a hip hop track. And, uh, I thought my Spotify got hacked because I fucking forgot about that song. 
until I was listening to it this week. And what the fuck? That second half where it basically turns into like a Tony Hawk pro skater, like yeah. punk rock song. <laughs> it's, it's, so yeah. it's so fucking cool. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I totally fucking forgot about that track. Honestly, I was like, what the hell? It's so cool. And it's just like he just is basically saying the same thing from the first half of the song, just with like, like, like speed dead Kennedy's fucking punk music going on in the back. It's awesome. It is awesome. I just I wanted to bring that up because I was like, what the what the hell? Like, (laughs) uh, Yeah, rock and roll is one of those like weird out there tracks. Um, And he does that a lot. He does a lot of like the songs that he'll do. They're kind of kind of out there sometimes um a song that i really liked also um speed law when i was listening back to this i didn't catch it that much like my first few listens but uh, speed law um i really like that song too that's um definitely in there for being a good song i think he produced it also um which he does a lot of production on hits on this album himself too and then he like co-produces which is really good um hip-hop man like that song is hip-hop like that song is hip-hop that beat is hip-hop um everything that he's rapping about uh miss fat booty classic classic mustaf song um that beat is insane and the storytelling on that song man like you can literally kind of like just paint it to a t like how it looks his storytelling what's going on you know the conversation everything it's it's fantastic uh exactly you're 100 percent right on that i love the vocal sample on that too that's like the one thing about that song that that always stuck out to me was just like that little female vocal sample going throughout i was like yeah that's that is smooth that is nice mm-hmm. um man it's like i've got oh I've got so many lyrics for so many songs on Right. This. It's like, so what do you put lyrics on this album? You know, there's some, yeah, even just one liners that he says are just like, yes, yes, you know, yes. so many ones. That, that, and that. Yeah. <laughs> you are right, most of yeah. <laughs> Mr. Def, you know what you're talking about. Uh, I like the, sorry, the, the, you, the, uh, you, my, uh, mm-hmm. the, Umi, the, you, my, the, it's cool that that was like a, a, Jordan commercial too. It was in a Jordan commercial. Was it really? Yeah. Oh. That that song like almost that whole song was in a Jordan commercial. Um which it has like a lot of different artists and athletes on it and then it even has Jordan at the end of the video. Um there's videos of it on YouTube. It's very, you know, low quality cuz it's it's an old commercial. Um but yeah, that that song was in a commercial for uh for Jordan. Nice. Really fucking cool. Yeah, this I'm glad I knew it was like every time we would meet up, Matt would be like, are you guys bringing up hip hop this week? Are you guys bringing up hip hop this week? And what did I tell you every time? What did I tell you every time? It doesn't fucking matter. Bring up what you want to bring up, because I knew the reason you were asking that was because of most deaf black on both sides. <laughs> I was like, please <laughs> let me revisit it. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew uh, Matt had this. I knew Matt had this and Matt was waiting on this. So I was like, Matt, are you picking hip hop? Cause if you are, I think I know what you're picking. Uh, just, 
just like last week with Jacob knowing that I was sitting on Flower Boy and was mm-hmm. waiting on me to to bring that up so we could talk about it. I know yeah. that he and I both have been sitting there and being like, Matt, like push button objects. That was a great album, but we know <laughs> we know you wanted to bring up most death. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> At some point, it's going to happen. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a great pick, dog. What a great pick. Glad you guys liked it. Glad you guys liked it. Uh, I'll dive into my top three. Um, Hell yeah. I, do. I think I, I changed my mind a few times, you know, last week as I was going oh, yeah. through the track list. Because, again, it's 17 tracks, and they're all, for the most part, you know, amazing in their own rights. But number three, Umi says, just that whole beat structure and the way that song plays out is great. Uh, number two, Mathematics. Again, kind of towards the end of the album, solid track. Um, know that just because of that, you know, that duet, and it's it's a classic most deaf song for sure. And then honorable mention the instrumental track at the end, May December. It's pretty cool. Yeah, nice. I like that. I really I like, like that. that. If I'm going um, top three, it's really hard because I grew up on this album. I grew up listening to it, loving most deaf, everything that he did, diving into Black Star, everything. Um, uh, honorable mention i'm gonna go brooklyn because uh, his like his play on under the bridge is really unique um the fact that he ties that in and there's like kind of three songs in that song um it's like a section with the one beat and then a second section with another beat and then the third section with freaking who shot ya, the stamp uh the the beat on it which legendary song um and it's cool that people still like um freestyle to that beat it's such an iconic beat and hearing him on it like if you would have done a full song of just who shot like fucking insane he would have slaughtered it yeah he would have slaughtered it he did on that song that little part uh but yeah that's my honorable mention brooklyn um from going top three uh miss fat booty um umi said umi says because it's so soulful and you could hear him like his lyrics he's like really putting his heart and soul into it. Um, and then mathematics, dude. Mathematics, it's, I think, as hip-hop as it gets, just because of the beat with the classic DJ premiere, um, the lyrics on it. Man, I have so many lyrics on this song. Yes. Um, just to get into a quick one, um, and it's cool because I hadn't actually read through the lyrics on this song because they're so dense. On the second verse, he's like numbering like one, two, like he'll he'll like number like sentences in like numerical order, kind of like mathematics, which is really fucking cool. You need to look into it. Like I could go into it, but it's a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of the lyrics on this song, it's like, like I got 16 to 32 bars to rock it, but only 15 percent of profits ever see my pockets. Then he keeps going into it, um, talking a lot of like black exploitation stuff, talking about like selling crack and a bunch of like it's the lyrics to mathematics, man. Just look into it. <laughs> that's all I got to say. Um, but that's probably my favorite song because it's iconic, most deaf, iconic hip hop track. So, fuck yeah, mathematics is a killer track. Uh, for me, top three, number three was rock and roll. Honestly, a song that I damn near forgot about after listening to this the first couple of times, uh, listening to it again this week. I was like, I just I just loved that transition, like that weird 
punk rock thing at the end was so cool to me. I, I couldn't shake it. Uh, number two for me was mathematics. Uh, y'all gave it the praise that it deserves, and I'll fucking... I second that. That's got my endorsement. Uh, number one for me, though, was Do It Now. I don't. I, I just love that Busta Rhymes feature on it, and I feel like he and Most Def went back and forth. Like They just complimented each other so well. Um, and I'm a huge Busta fan. I love Busta Rhymes. Uh, and so seeing... Seeing him, because, you know, Buster Rhymes nowadays, you know, he had such a prolific solo career, but I love going back and listening to other shit that he's been on from the 90s, you know, with like A Tribe Called Quest, and then to see him on this. Him and Most Def just fucking killed that track. Uh, two yeah. honorable mentions for me. Number one for me was Love. I really did like that song. And then uh, my second honorable mention was God. Love those tracks. Dang, a lot of underrated picks. Yeah, that's so many that's good dope. Songs. <laughs> Thank you. No, I was, I don't know. I was looking at it. I was like, I feel like these aren't, like, this wouldn't be everybody's top three, but I, I liked it. Uh, great pick, Matt. Uh, that was Black on Both Sides by Most Def, which was the man Matt's pick for this week. Uh, let's tell the people what we're going to be doing next. Yes. Bang. 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 What is your pick gonna be? You can't wait to see. I am. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so excited. I'm actually, I'm actually really fucking. It's like sometimes it, I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that's like this, but sometimes I get so fucking like with In Flames. I was so fucking stoked to bring that up, and there's this is another one. Fuck! Get the fuck out of here. What is my laptop doing, dude? Quit ordering Russian prostitutes. Just like opening that, you know, that fucking like, oh my God, stop. On like, on like the word computers, the fucking like the, uh, oh, look at the news and the fucking weather and shit. That shit keeps opening up. Plot twist, Jacob's doing this off of his surface from OCCU right now. (laughs) Okay, I think it's gone now, so. Good, good. All right. <clears throat> well, it's time to uh, show everybody what we'll be talking about next week. Uh, everyone's favorite part of every, Jesus, everybody's favorite part of every episode. Uh, and we'll be going in order, so that means I'm up first. And as I teased, y'all, teaser. I'm bringing up. Sailing the Seas of Cheese by Primus. Yes, nice. I know, I've been trying to space out bringing up double, like, duplicates of artists I've already brought up, but I think it's time for us to uh, listen to some more Primus. So Sailing the Seas of Cheese by Primus. uh, Fucking great album. Uh, What about you, Jake? Great duplicate artist album. And I'm going to match to that. I'm going to go with duplicate artists that we talked about early in the show. Um, I'm going to go Krongbin uh, con todo el mundo. Yes, so, more Krongbin. Let's fucking go, okay. dude. So. Very nice. You gave it away, so I didn't know who you were going to pick, Dorian, the whole time. And then right before we started, you did, started doing like a little bass line and humming it. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to do Primus. And holy cow, you are. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great pick. Um, I'm going back. I'm sticking to the conscious... Uh, realm 
with hip hop and going back to 1992, uh, Arrested Development, uh, three years, five months, and two days in the life of. Yeah. Uh, lots of different tracks. Uh, a little different, but one of my most, uh, I don't know, just one of those albums you hear like when you're growing up, it kind of sticks yeah. with you. I honestly don't couldn't name an Arrested Development song off the top of my head. I know of them. I don't know if I've ever heard them. So I'm fucking stoked for that. Um, again, thank you guys so much for uh, being a part of this. Uh, three great picks this week. Three amazing picks for next week, as per usual. Um, this has been What You Spin in episode 33. We'll see you next week for episode 34. And then maybe maybe a week after that, we'll go ahead and do a little bit of an announcement. Uh for some episodes in the future. Uh, but anyway, I'm Dorian, joined as always by Jacob and Matt. Y'all are the best. You two are the best. Uh, I hope y'all have a great week, and we'll catch you next time on What You Spinning. Duckus. <laughs>